if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Hour number two now underway at nine minutes past ten o'clock. Thank you so much for being with us on this Wednesday. It's the 15th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord 2020. Tonight is the night. All right, it's really late afternoon. It's not quite prime time, but clearly Ohio Mayor or uh, Governor rather Mike DeWine uh, wants a bigger audience. He uh, he normally does his press briefings at 2 o'clock every day when people who are still fortunate enough to have jobs in this Ohio economy that has been devastated by his response to the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Uh, so he normally does it at 2 o'clock. People can't hear it, or at least a lot of them. So he's going at 5.30 this evening, leading everyone to speculate as to what it is he's going to say. Why is this one more um, important than others that he's going to do it at 5.30 p.m.? I don't have the answer. I'm looking online, and I'm looking at social media. Everybody is speculating. Is he going to announce a shutdown again, a re- return to the shutdown rules that went into uh, place in uh, March? Is he going to announce a mandatory statewide mask uh, order? Is he going to um, Is he going to step down? Is he going to resign from Austin? That's actually floating around on social media right now as we speak. Has he had enough? Uh, nobody really knows. But uh, nobody really knows more about Mike DeWine, quite frankly, than Jack Windsor does, at least in terms of, of uh, Ohio media. Jack Windsor is a reporter for WMFD Television in Mansfield, and he joins us now here on AM 1420, The Answer, with a little preview of what the uh, governor may say. Hey, Jack, good to have you back on the air. How are you? Bob France, I'm super fantastic. Thank you for choosing me to come on this morning. It's good to be with you and your 1420 audience. Jack, you normally deal in statistics and numbers. What you have done has been very detailed and meticulous research. You have looked inside the numbers. Uh, you have uh, you have called Mike DeWine out on numerous occasions at his press conferences about uh, forgiving statistics that lack context, uh, that lack accuracy. Quite frankly. Um, so, you know, you've been, you've been really, you know, willing and, and able to go and, and to do the dirty work with it when it comes to investigating the numbers and really telling the truth, uh, that we sometimes do not get from the governor. But right now, we're not dealing in facts. Right now, this is all speculation. I'm asking you to speculate based on your coverage, based on the sources that you have mined in Columbus. Do you have any idea what the governor's agenda is at this 5.30 p.m. press conference tonight? 
I'll give you the best that I have and uh, recognize that it, it could be off. Um, some, you know, I'm wrong a lot. Uh, That's what speculation but, is all about, and I asked for speculation. <laughs> so don't worry, nobody's going to hold you. You know, hold you. You know, put your name out there and say Jack said right. it was going to be this, and it wasn't. No, no, we're we're trying to figure cool. it out. So I, I trust yeah. you. So what do you think? Uh, here's what I think. I, I did have a chance mm-hmm. to talk with the press secretary this morning, and the standard line is the governor. Well, first of all, it's at five thirty, and you kind of look at the optics on that. Um, you know, that's a time that, uh, you know, people may have more time to tune in versus a 2 o'clock. Um, you know, so maybe he's going for audience. The press secretary has indicated that the governor is going to tell us where Ohio has come, how, how, how far we've come through this, and then where Ohio can go. Uh, so that's a vague statement, but let me read into that a little bit. Uh, you know, the budget is a mess. Uh, we're, we're cutting things left and right. Larry Householder isn't going to raise taxes. The Speaker of the House isn't going to raise taxes. Larry Obhoff, Senate President, he's not going to raise taxes. And the governor knows that. He also knows that two state courts have ruled Ohio Department of Health orders unconstitutional as they relate to businesses. And uh, if he does shut down businesses, now the businesses that will stay open, obviously, would be the big big box stores, the, you know, the, the Groceries, uh, grocery stores, but he's he's going to really drain the treasury even more. I don't think he wants to do that, and particularly now, I I was able to with Brian Blackburn. I spent we spent about an hour and a half uh, two nights ago going through the Ohio Public Health Advisory System and showed the severe uh, issues that it has with um, trying to indicate whether there's a live spreading virus in Ohio. Based on how things are measured, it really doesn't. And the Cincinnati Inquirer picked that story up yesterday. The dispatch also published it, and they're shooting some holes in it. So when you look at what's going on in the court system, you look at, you know, you have our legislative leaders not willing to raise taxes, and now this advice, Ohio public health advisory system is in question. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of backed himself into a couple of corners, I would, uh, will he take counties and, and move them into red or red purple? Maybe. I, I expect that this might be, hey, this is where we are and I really need your help to, you know, to get us over the hurdle. That's just speculation, but. Uh, that's, that's, all I, that's all I asked for, Jack, and, that, and that's fine, but you're not hearing from any of your sources that a full, ma- as of now anyway, as of 1014, you're not hearing that there's going to be a statewide mask mandate or there's going to be a statewide shutdown. There may be some movement of certain counties from red to purple, which would indicate shutdown is there, but you don't have anything that says anything big in terms of uh, orders or restrictions is coming. I don't hear anything about a shutdown um, that with credence attached to it that, that would make me feel that that's the case. Is there a mask mandate? I, I don't know. I spoke with Maurice Thompson at the 1851 Center, and he's already released a really solid statement on the governor's authority with masking. And, you know, the current order has, I think, 13 exemptions. And as Maurice says, if, if you're wearing a mask, not the governor's fault. It's it's your choice. Right. So even if there is a mandate, I mean, you know, people um, like Sheriff Jones, um, Sheriff Sims, uh, and the health director down in Butler County have already come out and said, "Look, we're not the mask police. We're, we're not going to do this." So maybe, uh, but you know, if if that is the case, I think I think there's definitely going to be a lot of hey, 
um, you know, do this for the team. You know, this is going to save grandma. This is what got us here. I could see that. I don't know if it's going to be a mandate. So it's just going to be another encouragement. And I'm wondering, though, if that's the case, why the 5.30 primetime or closer to primetime slot? He could say all those things. He says almost everything you've just said. He has said uh, at uh, at his press conferences. He has said, you know, I want to have, want us to, uh, what's the... Um, what what's the slogan that he sent Houston out there with a few days ago? Uh, I want to have a season. I want a season. I want a season. So wear your masks. Yeah. Those kind of things. So he's he's already done the cheerleader routine. Hey, just do it for your fellow man. Do it for your fellow Ohioan. We're all in this together. Yada yada yada. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out what the um, what the difference is here. Why this one deserves a 5:30 slot instead of the uh, standard uh, uh, press briefings that he's giving, and that's what everybody else is wondering. So let me let me do this, Jack. Let, let let's talk about. Some of those statistics, uh, not particularly here in Ohio, but because you, you have done, again, really tremendous work in listening to what the governor says every day and then going back to the dashboard and looking at the individual counties, looking at hospitalization rates, et cetera, and proven that we are not always being told the truth. If I want to be cynical, I'll say we're being lied to a lot, and I have been cynical, and I have called Mike DeWine a liar for that. Um, but this is an Ohio exclusive. Um, did you see the report last night? The state of Florida uh, in Orlando, the Orlando Health Department reported 98% positivity rate, okay? A 98% positivity rate. I, I want to make sure people hear that loud and clear. Um, the actual po- positivity rate, when, a, when some reporters for Fox 35, a local affiliate down there, did what Jack Windsor does here in Ohio, went through the numbers and said, um... The actual positivity rate is 9%, not 98%. Then they looked at an Orlando Veterans Medical Center. They reported a 76% positivity rate. Then somebody from the media did a little bit of work and said, no, it's not 76%, it's um, 6%. Jack, uh, uh, I mean, this is... If people are wondering why many of us continue to call this either a hoax or, or you know, say we're being played, we're being lied to, etc. I mean, I don't know what more we need other than continual reports from state officials yeah. that are inaccurate. You you uncover it here. Some people are actually doing journalism down there in Florida. I mean, this is why we this is why you do what you do, and this is why we have these conversations every day. It is, and two things on that. Number one, I didn't dive into the report. I read the headline. So I don't want to comment on it too much. I mean, the way that you just broke it down makes complete sense to me. So uh, some anecdotes. I've received more than a handful of stories from people who are hitting my inbox saying, hey, you need to look into this. I went to one of these pop-up centers. I completed the registration paperwork, mm-hmm. and the line was long. I'm impatient. Didn't want to stand in the line. We left, and I, I got notification that I tested positive. Um, so, so that's interesting to me. Um, the fact that they're claiming a 98% positivity rate uh, is interesting to me. Um, you know, the, maybe that's the reason that President Trump said yesterday, "Hey, no more CDC stuff. That you're going to send, you're going to send the details right right here to the White House, and, and it's going to go into uh, a database here." But you know, one of the other things that we've seen happen, and I think this is really interesting, if there is a, a short uptick in in a, in a place, and when I say short uptick, small uptick, it, it, you know, we've seen places in Ohio where they go from four cases seven or four to eight and then we hear oh they doubled and, you know that feels like wow but they go from four to eight and then they'll, what they'll do is they'll, they'll send a, a pop-up uh testing center down there so if there is a slight uptick think about this from a statistical perspective mm-hmm. they they amplify it so they're going to get you know thousands of tests from that area 
And so maybe it does ratchet the positivity up. You know, we were at 5% and then it went up to like 6.1. Well, maybe that accounts for it. But the reality is, and this is the important part, we don't talk about the goings on in the larger picture. The CDC has moved um, COVID uh, below the the epidemic threshold because of the uh, consistent number of weeks that the deaths have declined. The CDC also has a color-coded map of the country, and there are sections uh, on, on their website where you can see that, cdc.gov, I think it's the COVID use section. And you can see that, you know, we're hearing about Florida, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. well, Florida and Louisiana are the only ones that are not, com- like, green. They're listed, I mean, it's green, but it's almost like a yellow green, and they're listed as low, which means the spread is low. But what we're hearing is, oh my gosh, these are, you know, they're code red. They're probably going to go into code purple. And so even that gets blown out of proportion. And how things are packaged matters. We know that. Um, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. No question about it, and and that is extraordinarily important. We're talking to Jack Windsor, WMFD uh, television reporter who covers uh, the Ohio uh, COVID response from Mike DeWine each and every day. Tonight it's going to be a 530 uh, uh, address by Mike DeWine. Jack, can you hang on through a commercial break? Yeah, absolutely. I want to bring Jack back after this commercial break to ask him about... Um, well, you remember the first story I did this morning was the New York Times and how a writer, a reporter slash editor uh, named Barry Weiss resigned from the New York Times because of what the New York Times does to news and how they have completely just abandoned all objective news journalism. Well, the New York Times has a new target. They're coming after Jack Windsor. And I'm going to ask Jack to respond to that coming up next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1023, we continue now uh, with Jack Windsor, WMFD reporter, uh, for WMFD television, rather, reporter. He's going to be covering Mike DeWine down at the State House tonight, a 530 press conference in which uh, he is expected by many to announce date or massive closure or perhaps a segmented closure of businesses, uh, except for essential businesses, perhaps in some counties that are going to be deemed to be purple. We don't know exactly what he's doing, but Jack Windsor is going to be there, and uh, we're getting a little preview of that right now from Jack. Now, Jack, your reputation is growing, uh, not only throughout the state of Ohio, but on the national level. You've done some national radio shows, including one that I hosted. I know you do some that Bill Cunningham hosts, and you've, uh, you've gotten some attention. And the reason why is because you're the only reporter in Ohio willing to do what needs to be done to tell the truth about these numbers. And when, uh, with that national attention comes national scrutiny, and you've uh, drawn the attention of the New York Times. Can you tell us what's going on and why you think the New York Times is interested in doing a big story on you? You had me on the uh, Dennis Prager show uh, Mm -hmm. when you hosted, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, I know that that uh, probably opened some eyes. I republished the question that I asked of Governor Mike DeWine regarding Partners in Health and given their mission, why we're okay with partnering with an organization that seems to demonize capitalism, which really is the, the bedrock of, of America. And, uh, you know, it's probably a combination of those things. Uh, being on your show is is massive. Uh, I know that you have tremendous reach, and, and people respect you and, and your voice and, um, you know, all of those things together. So yesterday uh, I was actually... Uh, on a, a phone call, I was on a, a radio show, and I got the persistent number of calls 
and I had to keep, you know, rejecting them because I was in the middle of a conversation, and I, I looked at one time and I thought, New York, that's interesting. And so uh, I got a call from uh, Ben Smith, who, uh, and I don't know if that name means anything to you, but, but Ben Smith was the um, editor, I believe, at BuzzFeed, and uh, he actually broke the Russian dossier story, um, and, and that hit uh, mainstream media, I believe, through his reporting. He left BuzzFeed, I think, in January and went to the New York Times, and as I understand it, he now publishes uh, on members of the media, what people in the, in the media are doing. And so I was frankly shocked to get his phone call, and he asked if we could meet this morning. I'm book solid, and uh, I tried to start rearranging my calendar, and uh, then the governor says, hey, by the way, I have a surprise uh, briefing tomorrow. So then, you know, being a single dad and having a full calendar, I'm trying to reshuffle everything. And, it, you know, it just didn't it's, – it's not going to work out to be able to meet him today, and then I understand that he's going to be, you know, out of town. But I will tell you, he's been um, extremely persistent, and I admire his persistence in, in wanting to sit down and, and wanting to get me to weigh in on a story that it sounds like is going to feature me. And, um, you know, that's what good investigative journalists do. They, they go after the story, and he's definitely doing that with fervor, so I respect that. Did he give you any indication as to the agenda? What is the angle of the story? It can't just be, you know, young Mansfield reporter goes big and makes good, and uh, here's, a, here's, a, you know, here's a, a positive piece. I, I, it's the New York Times. Uh, and the New York Times is extraordinarily biased. Um, again, I, I read the full letter of Barry Weiss, a reporter and uh, editor for the New York Times, who resigned yesterday because of what is what happens in uh, you know at the New York Times, from the editorial uh, right. board uh, to the managing uh, editors, etc. And uh, we know who they are. We know what they are. We know what they believe. They probably don't like you bringing facts into uh, into an equation where Mike DeWine is trying to spew uh, rhetoric uh, in order to continue to keep the people of the state of Ohio in a perpetual state of fear. That's just my opinion. But w- what do you think this is all about? So it, that's a really good question. And, you know, I read what Barry wrote yesterday. And, look, that's real. I, I believe what she wrote. But I also believe that, you know, each individual has their own scope and and own mission and you know i'm going to give ben the benefit of the doubt but i I did tell him you know i was able to text him back and i said look you you might be coming at this from a different angle and if you want to send me questions um regarding data that i've uncovered questions i've asked the governor or any stories that i've published i'd be really glad to provide insight or you know if you want to contest any of those you know clear anything up and then time permitting we can have a phone call or if you're still in town we could meet and then he let me know that he's he's actually wanting to do a personal piece on me um which is interesting i you know i got into uh the reporting and journalism piece not to be the news but to uncover the news right and i you know i don't think that there's a whole lot of uh interest in in who i am and and what i am as much as you know like you said the data we've been able to uncover um in the stories that we've been able to write and uh, the light that we We've been able to shine on some things that have been either dark or confusing. So, uh, you know, I, again, I admire his persistence, but, um, yeah, it was it, it took me by surprise. I'm just a hayseed from, you know, I'm a boy from Ashland, Ohio, and, you know, here's a guy from Manhattan that wants to do a story on me. It's just, uh, it's crazy. 
Yeah, it is, Jack, and uh, and I'm glad you are approaching it with an open mind, but also with a uh, with a cautious uh, attitude. Uh, because again, I I would not be surprised if uh, the intent here is to do a hit piece hit piece on you. Again, you are saying things that very few people have the courage to say. Uh, you know, that's again what Barry wrote about. You know, she said anybody with the courage to say things uh, is risks losing their job, and that's why there are a lot of people who feel the way I do. She said, um, who who won't say anything because they don't have that courage, they don't have that fear, uh, that that belief that they're going to be backed. So in other words, if you express something that's an unpopular opinion, they'll come after you. And if they'll do it within the hallways uh, and in the uh, uh, walls of the New York Times, they certainly will go outside and try to discredit somebody who is saying things or doing things that they don't believe in. So uh, I hope you approach it with caution. I hope you continue to. And, uh, and you know, if you are looking for a place to uh, to respond to some of those things and that don't make it into the pages of the New York Times, you know that you always have that space here. Bob, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Jack Windsor, uh, WMFT-TV, he'll be front and center for the uh, governor's press conference tonight at 5.30. What will he say? We don't know. We have put together some decent ideas, but all of it is speculative at this point. Uh, Jack, uh, thanks for the time today and for giving us a little bit of uh, your thoughts on this. And obviously, once we see what happens, we'll talk again. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. God bless you, Bob. Jack Windsor. Thank you so much, Jack. Jack Windsor joining us once again on AM 1420. The answer, it's news time now. Uh, you can react to the news that we have discussed already this morning, or you can go off the, uh, uh, off the grid or off the charts here and uh, find something else. Uh, but I will have open calls for you for the remaining 29 and a half minutes that we have on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1038 now. I'm legitimately worried for uh, Jack Windsor. Um, the New York Times, as I explained at length today, is um, cannot be trusted. Uh, they have an agenda that is beyond, um, let's just say, I don't want to be overly cynical here, but they have an agenda that is beyond ordinary. Uh, it's one, in other words, there are a lot of... Um, media outlets, newspapers, television stations, and so on and so forth that, that have an agenda that they pursue um, perhaps moderately, and I don't mean a moderate agenda, it's progressive, but they pursue it and they try to be at least a little bit um, covert, if you will, with their agenda. The New York Times doesn't do that. They, they, they go extraordinary. Rather than ordinary, it's extraordinary, uh, extraordinary when they come for you. And their agenda is right now to discredit anybody who is doing anything uh, to expose the truth about the Chinese coronavirus. Um, somebody's call, somebody started calling it the CCP virus, by the way, which I like, which is, of course, the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, that's probably even more accurate because they are responsible for what has been done to the world here. But at any rate... Um, the New York Times is trying to discredit anybody that is getting in the way of the advancement of the agenda. Um, they're doing it on the national scale, and now they're targeting local people who are effective. And here in Ohio, nobody is more effective in exposing Mike DeWine's lies than Jack Windsor. Um, I guarantee you they would not be coming after him if they had, if it had not been. Now, be, I want to be careful the way I say this. Um, it's not... It's Jack's work that has gotten him attention, uh, but putting him on national radio programs uh, is is how he came to the attention of the New York Times. 
And you heard Jack basically say when I put him on the Dennis Prager show with me to take his work national, um, I, I may have done him no favors. Because now, again, they're coming after him. They're going to look into his personal life. They're going to look into his professional life. They're going to do everything they can to discredit him. And I feel very bad about that. Now, I know he's also done some nationally syndicated radio with uh, Bill Cunningham down in Cincinnati and other places. Um, so, you know, his work and his reputation is growing. His because, Let me redo, redo that. His reputation is growing because of his work. And because a lot of us have exposed him to some other people, I know that there are people uh, in satellite radio who want to talk to him. I know that there are people in national other uh, other national publications who want to talk to him because of the work that he's done. And that is all Jack's work. But I will tell you this: I'm worried about him because I, I any time they set their sights on a target, they will they do it to destroy. This is cancel culture, 2020 cancel culture. If you cross the wrong people, they will do what they can to cancel your career. And I'm legitimately worried about Jack. Even though everything Jack has done is on the up and up, everything he's done can be sourced, every statement he's made can be proven, every statistic he's quoted can be cited. It's all there uh, in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, on the Ohio uh, uh, coronavirus uh, website, uh, the governor's website. All of the information is there. And all he's doing is asking the governor for context, saying, how come you told us this when you didn't tell us that? How come you told us this but not the rest of that, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, what justification do you have for making this order? What about the constitutionality of it? All, everything he's doing can be sourced and cited. But they're coming for him because he's effective. And I, and I worry about him. Another person who has been targeted for um, discrediting, if not for elimination from the public square, is State Representative Nino Vitale. I've had, I've had Nino Vitale on this program twice. He is beyond outspoken in his opposition to the governor's extraordinary mandates and decisions to shut down the state, to pick winners and losers, decide what's essential and what isn't, um, misstating the facts, uh, allowing the walking lab coat to establish policy when she was wrong about literally everything she said from the moment you first learned the name Amy Acton, when she told us that 100,000 people were already infected in Ohio at that moment in early March. Um you know, Mike DeWine has just been has has been has been awful, uh, and Nino Vitale has called him out on that. And now Nino Vitale is again also. This is why I said I worry about Jack Windsor, because Nino Vitale is trending on Twitter from time to time, and national publications are ridiculing and trying to destroy and cancel his career. You understand what I'm saying here? There is. It takes real courage to do what Jack is doing. It takes real courage to do what Nino Vitale is doing. Less so for me, because I work for an employer that supports what I am doing and what I am saying 100%. I don't have to be worried about censorship. I don't have to be worried about um, uh, you know crossing the wrong line or offending the wrong person. As long as I'm speaking truth as I know it to be, then I'm good. But there are a lot of people who aren't. Nina Vitale uh, wrote 27 minutes ago another lengthy post on Facebook, underscoring a lot of what he has been saying and Jack Windsor has been saying as it pertains to what Governor DeWine has been doing. I want to share this with you before I go to your calls. The Ohio Constitution is the highest law of Ohio. It must be followed by local governments, law enforcement, state government, and the governor alike. It is also the document that protects our rights and ensures that those we elect will not trample on us and our lives. This health care scare map that DeWine is using is one more example of how DeWine has renounced the highest law of Ohio, the Constitution. You should know from government class that governors cannot make laws, which is what the map is. 
The map is primarily unconstitutional because Article 2, Section 26 of the Ohio Constitution states that all laws of a general nature shall have a uniform operation throughout the state. What does that mean? It's called the Uniformity Clause, and anyone in government should know it is there because we swore to abide by it. That means neither DeWine nor the legislature can formulate orders or laws that are different from area to area or county to county. Saying one county is under a mask order is under or is under lockdown simply cannot be. And, of course, Ohio law says no one can be quarantined unless they are deemed sick. See Section 3707.08 of the Ohio law. We are going to live in, if we are going to live in a state where there is no set of established, established law and order, such as the Constitution, then it becomes a banana republic where your rights are given and taken away. This happens at every 2 p.m. and now today a 5.38 p.m. press briefing by a person who has deemed himself above the law and above the Ohio Constitution. Those calling for the legislature to impeach DeWine are correct. However, it is likely not going to happen because the legislature is made up of mostly linguine-spined noodles who care nothing about your rights and only about their own backsides and the next job the governor and their party will appoint them to when they are term limited. We need to ignore these orders, and so does law enforcement. They swore to uphold the law and the Ohio Constitution, even when the governor chooses not to do so. If someone tells you there is some sort of lockdown or mask order, simply tell them you have rights granted by God and the Constitution. Quote them these sections, and then go on and live your life. It is time for the people of Ohio to wake up and say, hell no. Do not wait for the legislature in Columbus to do something. They will, do, they will not. Do it yourself. Inform yourself of your rights and ignore these orders. And law enforcement needs to do the same. Most of the ones I know appreciate the form of government we have and know our rights do not come from a 2 p.m. press conference from a governor, but from the Constitution and the appropriately passed laws. And most of them know ultimately your rights come from Almighty God. Sadly, most of society has kicked God and his basic ten rules, you know, those offensive ten commandments, out of society long ago. Thou shalt not lie, Governor DeWine, and you have lied by misrepresenting the powers granted to you and distorting the powers granted or restricted to you by the Ohio Constitution. I know many of you who read this page are awake and fighting. It is time to wake up 500 more people around you. Show them these sections of the law and know your rights. Here is the link to the Ohio Constitution. Read from the bottom right corner of page 17 under the Uniformity Clause, and then 3707.08, isolation of persons exposed to communicable disease, uh, placarding of premises. We cannot isolate people that are not sick. And he puts these links in here in his Facebook page. So I've done my part. I have shared it to thousands and thousands of people that follow me on Facebook, and I would ask you if you're on Facebook to do the same. Look up either my page, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, and share it from there, or... Share it from Nino Vitale's page himself. But it is extraordinarily important to know what Mike DeWine is trying to do to us is unconstitutional, and quite frankly, it is illegal. Navy man Norm in Strongsville, thanks for your patience. You're on the air. Go ahead. Not a problem. I hope Nino Vitale runs for governor on the Republican ticket next uh, next uh, gubernatorial election. I, I like really do. I do. Uh, my call centers on the cowardice of our sportscasters, both locally and nationally. And I'm calling them out, all of them, at Channel 3, 5, 8, and 19. I sent them a copy of the wonderful uh, exchange between an online customer who wanted to buy custom NBA jerseys from the NBA store. Mm -hmm. And he could not get 
a jersey that said Free Hong Kong printed up. But they told him he could get F blank, 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 the police, or kill the cops. Fortunately, this gentleman recorded the conversation between him and the NBA online sports store. And I sent that to all of the sportscasters, and I sent it back to the NBA, and I sent it to the newspaper with a comment, where's LeBron? Where's LeBron when we need him? What what does he have to say about the fact that the NBA and the players uh, have nothing to say about their parent organization refusing uh, refusing to print a jersey that says Free Hong Kong, but have no problem whatsoever printing custom jerseys for the general populace to say, kill cop, kill the cops, and F the cops. I don't know if you saw that, Bob. I did not. I Norman, I was going to ask you, if you sent that to me, I may have missed it. I get a lot of emails from you. Uh, I may have missed that one. Can you resend it? Because if there's audio attached to it, I would very much like to hear it, and I would very oh, much share it. You, you, you'll love it. It was on uh, Lou Dobbs <laughs> last night and also, I think, on Hannity. But anyway, regardless okay. of this, I haven't heard a peep. Not a peep from one of these cowardly sportscasters on our TV station. You would think that they would come out and say, what is wrong with you people? But no, can you imagine, Bob, the hue and cry if the jerseys had been printed with Black Lives Matters, blank, LeBron, blank, or whatever? Yeah, no, I understand. But here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's my response to it, Norman. I'm sure you probably understand it already. Just like Barry Weiss wrote about in that New York Times resignation letter uh, that I read in the beginning of the program today, she pointed out how many people she knows who work within those halls and in those walls who want to say things and want to write things and want to propose stories or op-eds that they're not allowed to because they know doggone well how they're going to be received and they're going to be fired. And in a country with millions and millions of people unemployed right now, do to the response to the pandemic, uh, they just don't want to take the chance. That's the answer about the sports reporters in town. Most of them are good guys. Most of them really are, and I know a lot of them, uh, and uh, and I'm friendly with a lot of them, and I'm sure they don't support the idea of uh, you know uh, being able to kill the cops, being put it on the back of an NBA jersey, or you know the the hypocrisy of the free Hong Kong, et cetera, et cetera. But they're not allowed to say that. They're not going to put it on their newscasts. They're not going to make a comment on social media because of the same reason cancel culture they fear being fired they fear somebody putting pressure on the advertisers that support the radio or the television stations and thus them losing their jobs and i get it i get it i don't agree with it but i understand it absolutely it is a very dangerous time people are being canceled for their views the only people who can stand up and say what they want to say uh, and and really call the hypocrisy out for what it is are people who have in, who are independently wealthy or not independently wealthy but are comfortably wealthy perhaps from the career that they have built already. Uh, somebody on on TV was talking about this last night and I can't remember which program, but pointed out that people like uh, Ricky Gervais who torched Hollywood liberals at the last Sarah, last award show that they had before the before the uh, COVID nineteen I don't remember which one it is because I don't care. But he torched them all. Well, he can afford to get canceled or he can afford to be criticized because he's already wealthy. He'll never have to work another day in his life if he doesn't want to. Those who have unlimited capital can speak out. Those who need their jobs to live and survive have to be censored, have to remain silent, even if they don't want to. 
and I'm positive that's the reason why what you're saying about the uh, sportscasters in Cleveland did not respond to your letter. But please send that back to me. I'd love to hear that audio. That is mind-boggling. Calls after this, AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Okay, Joe in Fairview, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Joe, go ahead. Hi, Bob. Uh, After a talk I had with my state representative on Monday, I went into the Ohio Department of Health uh, dashboard and looked at the number of deaths, and I got a report by age group. And it it really floored me. Out of 3,064 deaths as of Monday, I looked, and those 70 and above comprise 77% of the deaths. If you dropped it down to 60 and above, it comprised 90, over, a little over 91% of the deaths. I look at the effects on our workforce when, when between 77 and 91% of, them, of the deaths are people that are not even in our workforce. And I looked at the number of deaths that are uh, 19 and under, and there were only two. Yeah. Yeah, This that's what makes this so frustrating, uh, Joe, is that they're using such broad policies to to uh, cover, you know, a disease or a virus that has very, very narrow um, negative effects, meaning the very elderly that you're talking about, those with comorbidities, particularly those in congregate settings. And the fact that, yes, it does not, or no, rather, it does not impact young people hardly at all. Even if they get it, they don't even know they're sick, and then it goes away, and uh, and they have their antibodies. So uh, that is the frustrating thing about this, is that nobody will tell the entire story there. But you're 100% right, and I'm glad you did uh, look that up. Thank you. Jane in Cleveland. Hi, Jane. Go ahead. Jane, are you there? Jane once, Jane going twice, and Jane is not there. So we're going to go to TJ next on AM 1420. The answer, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, last year, Rob, Sharpton gave a speech, and he was bragging that the Egyptians, who were people of color, were building pyramids while white people were still living in caves. So I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, they built pyramids on the back of slaves. So does that mean people of color were practicing slavery while white people were still living in uh, caves? And I'll tell you another little bit of history for the left. All of our founding fathers, before they were Americans, were British subjects. It was the English that brought slavery and practiced slavery to the New World. I don't hear anybody holding the English responsible for this. And the Spanish conquistadors brought slavery, robbed, and and, and murdered indigenous people in South America. I don't hear anybody holding the Hispanics responsible for this uh, history. Yeah, I had uh, Michael Medved on a couple of weeks ago uh, when somebody brought up what you're talking about, that essentially that America is responsible for slavery, we invented slavery, etc. Michael ran down a lot of the histories you're talking about and so much more. He wrote a book about it, as a matter of fact, and you're right. They just don't want to hear those things, TJ. They don't want to hear the truth. Uh, That's all the time we've got. Listen, uh, Mike DeWine speaks tonight at 5.30, whether he closes down the state, forces a statewide mandate, uh, d- resigns, or just does a cheerleader routine telling everybody to please wear the masks. Whatever he does, we'll react and respond to it tomorrow morning on the Bob France Authority. So make sure you're back with us then. For now, Mike Gallagher on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll see you.